0: Hello, and welcome to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Bryant the Boom Corrigan, joined, as always, by King of the Hot Dogs, Andrew Dobius, the hot- and Brendan, one. the producer, Pika.
1: Hey, yo. Shout out to our 4th of July episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. King of the Hot Dogs, because you, sir, are the biggest weenie. No, I call you out did you- Joey- at the beginning Joey of this episode. Because... Andrew traded Cam Akers to me earlier this offseason. Uh yeah. and I was very high on Cam Makers this year. Just listen to our running back cage match episode. Yeah, Since that podcast well. came out, Andrew cursed him with his diabetic voodoo magic. Sorcery. Yeah. Cam Akers tore his Achilles and is out for all of 2021. And that's going to be a pretty rough injury to come back from, career-wise. Yep. Uh, we've seen a couple people with torn Achilles, and that really is not something people come back from. Uh, we saw it derail. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the backup running back for the Texans who was supposed to be the next big thing. Aaron uh, Foster. <laughs> no, uh, I mean that's one of them. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, Deonta yeah. Foreman. You know we've we've seen running oh, backs yep. tear their Achilles. It's really, really hard for them to come back. So, twenty twenty one actually have the list. Oh, let's hear it.
1: Yeah. So there's um, a, a ton here, dating from twenty ten to now. Um, just notable ones. There's like, I guess, Ernest Graham, Kendall Hunter, Vic Ballard, Arian Foster, Dante Foreman, Isaiah Crowell, Marlon Mack. Out of all those, out of all these players, there's like fifteen of them. The longest that a player has stayed in the league for is three additional years which was Andre Brown got injured 2010 he stayed in the league until 2013 every other single player Aaron Foster 2015 he got cut midseason he's gone Dante Foreman injured his Achilles 2017 he played one game in 2018 gone in 2019 so the only player we don't know about is Marlon Mack now Marlon Mack is one of the younger players um, to get this injury. So I think Marlon Mack's someone we need to pay attention to on, on how he's doing, how he's recovering, because that would be a similar situation to Cam Makers, But the odds are against him now.
0: Yeah, and really, when it comes to fantasy football, we can make it easy. Uh, Cam Makers for 2021 is lost. Cam Akers yep. dynasty value. If you want to be aggressive, which I like to be, I would sell. I would fire sell this guy. Um mm-hmm. maybe you can get somebody to bite thinking he can come back and be same regular cam acres. Yep. I, I would I would try to sell. You know, even if he comes back to regular cam acres, if he can get some value back, I I just don't think he's going to be able to come back. Or if he does. He's come not back, gonna be the main guy. He won't be the yeah. main guy. Exactly. It's gonna be a committee. Yes. So I would try to get rid of Cam Akers if I were you. Um, You know, I hope he comes back and is better than ever. You know, we Mm -hmm. really saw some flash of talent last season, uh, but this is is certainly not a great way for that to get started. And the fantasy implications, you can imagine. Daryl Henderson goes from a pretty solid late-round running back flyer to a must-draft, potentially high-end RB2. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. him be great in this offense, and I don't see any reason to think that that won't continue. He's a capable capable pass catcher, solid runner. I don't think he has Cam Akers upside, but he Heck is no. certainly no. better than your average bear.
1: Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, I have him around the, uh, I guess, the the Mike Davis range. I like them about the oh, same.
0: I have him way higher than Mike Davis.
1: You have Henderson higher than Davis? Okay.
0: Yes. But
1: yeah. I, I guess I would say too, but... It's uh yeah, he's gonna be the main guy. I know there's Xavier Jones, who was an undrafted free agent from last year that they signed, played a lot of special teams, didn't get a single snap last season on offense. Uh, and then they drafted seventh rounder Jake Funk, who is also looking to be a special teamer. They have out of all the backups behind Daryl Henderson, they have a combined, I think it's four of them, they have a combined zero offensive snaps at running back. So yeah, they say great. they don't want to look into a veteran running back signing, but it would not be a surprise to me if they sign a Duke Johnson or a Le'Veon Bell uh, or, <laughs> as funny as it is, a, a,
0: don't say a it. Todd nope. Gurley signing. That's less
1: not likely. That's less likely. But I think a Duke Johnson, Le'Veon Bell is the best two options if they want to pick up a vet. Um, they, you know, They're just better than Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore at this point. But it's going to be Daryl Henderson as the main guy. So definitely get him uh, if you can. Yeah, just a shame. Because I was I was actually really still excited to see what Cam Makers can do, even though I traded yeah. him away.
0: But, I was too. And I think that this hurts the Rams overall. But yep. not enough to affect Stafford or the passing options. Andrew, yep. I'm curious. Uh, Miles Gaskin or Daryl Henderson? I'm still going Gaskin. Okay, uh, around that yep. point is when I'm starting to take Daryl Henderson. So.
1: That is a pretty good That is a pretty good comparison, though.
0: Yeah. Right yeah, around you, that fringe so top too. 20. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Daryl Henderson?
1: I'm still taking Josh Jacobs.
0: Josh Jacobs, yeah.
1: But like, Jacobs I have at my RB21 at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, actually, you just move it up to RB20. I would say Daryl Henderson is around the 21-22
0: range. All right.
1: So I'd take him over... Mostert, David Johnson, Chase
0: Edmonds, all of that. Yeah, I am with you there. So there is our breakdown of the Cam Makers injury. Uh, And today's episode is another cage match episode. We are breaking down our wide receiver ranks and talking about the players that we have the biggest difference of opinion on. So we'll make our case for these players. Mm -hmm. And Brendan, now that he's here, will be our tiebreaker for who he thinks makes a more compelling argument. And I look forward to winning every single argument. Brendan's a smart guy. So am I. Let's make some magic. The first player we are going to cage match over is the one, the only Julio Jones, a stud who has a different home. Uh, We have him pretty wide apart. Uh, Andrew, you have him at number 19. I have him at number 12. That's a difference of seven spots. He now joins the Titans offense, uh, and I will make my case first. Here's the good news about the Titans. They have a terrible, terrible defense. They have done nothing to improve that. So really, the Falcons-Titans defense, not much of a difference. And you know, We see Julio Jones thrive when there is an offense that uh, needs to pick up the mess the defense has made. I'm sure you're wondering how Julio Jones can, how he can play aside a elite wide receiver. The good news is we saw him just do it with Calvin Ridley. You know, no surprises there. They are different type players, but we know Julio Jones can share the load and still be extremely effective. Quarterback, I don't think this is, I don't think there's a huge difference between Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. They both have Ryan in their name. They are both. You know, I'd say Ryan Tannehill is a little more athletic than Ryan. Ryan mm-hmm. is well, Matt Ryan is a little bit of a thrower. I think there's a lot of similarities here. The main difference is the Titans do have uh, one of the best running backs ever in <laughs> his prime Derek Henry uh, leading the charge. So I do think there's a smaller passing volume in uh, Tennessee than you have seen uh, in Atlanta. However, this is a hyper, hyper efficient offense. And I do still think there will be enough targets to feed Julio Jones. This team lost Andrew, help me out here. Corey Davis. They lost Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Adam they Humphreys, lost their tight end. John they Smith. lost Humphreys. John o. Smith. There's yeah. targets here to share. A.J. Brown is a elite wide receiver. I think there's enough meat on the bone here for both these guys to be top 20. Andrew, you have him 19. I think that is ridiculous. When you look at other people, I don't know in, in I a healthy know. environment, you know, prime Julio Jones in Atlanta is a top eight wide receiver. I have him 12. You know, I think that gives him room to, I think there's room for error there. And I think there's room for explosive opportunity there. I think people are selling cause they're scared. I think this is a chance to uh, take a gamble. I think this is a great opportunity for for Julio this is going to be his swan song. He's going to go out there and kick ass. He's going to try to do the Tom Brady treatment. Uh, man, I think Julio Jones is going to be stellar this season yet again. He's a physical freak, shows no signs of slowing down. He's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones in his prime in Atlanta is. I mean, he's finished as like the best wide receiver in the game. He's still, however, in prime. he's not. He's not in his prime. No way. He's 32 years old on a different offense. Fantasy pros did a study. They took the wide receivers for the last 12 years, and they reported that around the age 32 and 33 are the most common years where the top-level receivers start falling off, take a step back. So in my head, taking a step back means dropping down a tier. Julio Jones drops down from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two. You have Julio Jones as the 12th best that – implies that he is still going to be a wide receiver one for the season. I just don't see that. I don't see Julio Jones, his upside as a wide receiver one. I wouldn't be comfortable with Julio Jones as my wide receiver one. He's the second wide receiver on the depth chart in Tennessee on one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. Matt, uh, I guess Ryan Tannehill's great quarterback. I like him better than Matt Ryan, but he throws the ball a lot less. Matt Ryan led the NFL last year in passing attempts, 626. If you look for Ryan Tannehill, he's all the way down in 18th through only for 481 passing attempts. That's less than Baker Mayfield. That's less than Teddy Bridgewater. That's less than your favorite quarterback, Derek Carr. That's, That's a lot of passes not going his way. We know he can perform with another star receiver on his team. But I just think the, the drop-off of, of, I guess, at, he's reaching that age where they drop off. The offensive scheme is not built around passing to Julio Jones. He's going to get less targets. He's going to get less receiving yards. The only reason why he's still in the top 20 for me is because I think he will get more touchdowns. I think his his volume goes way down, but his efficiency goes up a little bit. That's still a top twenty receiver for me. That's a wide receiver too. I can't I just can't have him as a wide receiver one in my book.
0: I hear what you're saying. And Brendan, if I can make a closing statement.
1: Yeah, go you're for it. You're
0: trying to go up against Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. You can't single cover these guys. It doesn't take all that many touches for Julio Jones to explode. Number 19, Andrew, that is disrespectful. I get he's old. There is a drop off coming. This is a swan song, man. We didn't see any physical drop off last season. I think he's still got it. Brendan, tell me I'm right. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um I'm not <laughs> going right. to tell you you're right but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Uh I think the part of Andrew's argument that uh that got me. So I'm giving this one to Andrew just because I oh don't think God. I can have Julio Jones as a wide receiver mm-hmm. one. So I I think I, I think if we're looking at um you know all of the stats that uh, Andrew just uh, listed off, this is a, one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. So I I think the you know regression um, in I don't know volume will end in Julio as a tier down. So I think the only reason I can't go with your argument is because I don't see Julio Jones the wide receiver one.
0: You know I hear you. I still respect you. However, I'm looking forward to you guys having to eat crow. Andrew, you win Brendan's vote and that first one. This next one is a very similar player, AJ Brown. Oddly enough, you are stoked out of your mind for AJ Brown. Absolutely. You have him at mm-hmm. number 7. I am a little less stoked. I have him at number 11. So a difference of 4 spots. You have him solidly as a top flight uh, wide receiver. I have yes. him as a back end wide receiver. One. Uh, I can go first similar to our Julio Jones discussion. Actually, not similar to Julio Jones discussion. There is more uncertainty surrounding A.J. Brown than there was for Julio Jones. We have never seen A.J. Brown and how he operates aside from a bona fide wide receiver one. Say what you want about Julio Jones. He is light years away from Corey Davis. He is, Julio Jones is, I'm trying to think of a a proper, Analogy, he's a monster. I mean, he has the physical size, the catchability, the speed. He is a nightmare for defenses, and now he's paired up with another nightmare in AJ Brown. However, we've seen Julio play side by side with a stud, Roddy White, Calvin Ridley. We've seen it. You know that's not something new to us. AJ Brown, that's new. AJ Brown's a young pup. Julio Jones, I don't think it's a one. I don't think it's a one and a two. I think it's a 1A, and I think it's a 1AA. I don't know how it's going to be distributed. Ryan Tannehill has never had two stud options like this. And A.J. Brown, you know, we've seen him be hyper-efficient in this offense. That's kind of what concerns me. You know, if that efficiency goes down, if more of those precious targets go Julio's way, can AJ Brown be as effective? I obviously still love him. He's a wide receiver one for me. However, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid as much. Part of the attraction of AJ Brown in the Titans' offense was how he was top dog and getting all that attention. That's no longer the case. AJ Brown, you know, he's sharing that load. Uh, like you two pointed out, this is a very run-heavy offense, and I think there is still enough uh, air volume in. Uh, Yeah, air volume to provide both of these guys as a wide receiver one. But Andrew, you are way more hyped. So talk me into it, my man.
1: Yeah, so AJ Brown last year finished as the wide receiver 11, which is right where you have him. Uh, At the very beginning of this offseason, people had AJ Brown as a dark horse candidate to finish as the number one wide receiver. That has obviously changed once Julio joined the team. But AJ Brown is still the number one option for Ryan Tannehill. They already have that chemistry. He's by far the number one. And I, I don't think there's ar- any argument against that. What it really comes down to is how much involvement do we think Julio Jones will have in this offense? Now, we just argued for Julio Jones. You think he's going to be more involved than I am, which obviously means AJ Brown goes down in your rankings. I think AJ Brown is going to get way more targets per game than Julio Jones, which is why I have him up a little bit. A.J. Brown is just super efficient, like you brought up, and I think he's going to continue with that efficiency. I think that Julio Jones, I guess this is almost the, the opposite uh, argument that you had, is I think Julio Jones is going to move some defenders away from A.J. Brown, creating more openings for him to perform. He averaged almost one touchdown per game last season out of the 14 games that he played. I think that's that's kind of crazy, but I could see him around that same rate. He is that talented of a receiver. So uh, they do run the ball a lot, but if they're going to throw the ball, it is going to be A.J. Brown first, and I trust Ryan Tannehill, and I trust in A.J. Brown's capability. So I just think there's going to be a a similar efficiency and a healthier AJ Brown. I think that's going to lead to a number seven spot on my list.
0: All right, Brendan dish out the justice. Uh, I'm, I think I'm with
2: Bryant on this one because I still have, uh, AJ Brown as a low end, uh, wide receiver one. So he still makes a wide receiver one, but I do think that Julio has a little bit more of an impact. So I'm not as high on mm-hmm. AJ Brown as Andrew is, but, um, yeah, I mean, solid argument, you know, uh, Julio will take you know, some coverage off of A.J. Brown, so there's, uh, there's some part to have that, but that doesn't kind of exclude Brian's argument where um, we still have him as a wide receiver one. It's just
0: a lower-end wide receiver one. I dig it. Sweet. Thank you, Brendan, for making the right choice. Next up, we have Michael Thomas. There is a difference of four spots. Andrew, you have him towards the back end of the wide receiver ones. I have him closer to the top tier at number six. It's overall. Crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. I hear what you're saying. Let me start. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, yeah. Devontae yeah. Adams. These are people that are perennially elite wide receivers. We see them do it year in, year out. They're just built differently. You know, you can't argue that. These guys are built differently, and all they do is produce. We have seen that year in, year out with Michael Thomas, with the rare exception of last year. We saw Michael Thomas succumb to injury following his number one overall season of 2019. Uh, It was a fall from grace. However, due to injury and Drew Brees' situation, I think we can all offer him a little grace. I don't think anything changed. Michael Thomas is still. You know, he's still in his prime. He's still a large bodied elite catching wide receiver. He's a monster. And Sean Payton's no dummy. He knows what he has. And really, you know, I challenge you to find the number two option on this team that you think has a legit chance of of stealing vampirically taking targets away from Michael Thomas. I think Wait, this is Taysom no Hill's team. And we've seen Michael Thomas produce elite numbers. With Taysom Hill, so we've mm-hmm. seen that we've seen that play out before. We've seen him he's we've seen him be elite with Taysom Hill before, and that's what Sean Payton's going to want to do: run it with Kamara and play smart football. Uh, with I'm sorry, uh, playing smart football with Taysom Hill. I don't think it's going to be a Jameis Winston season. I think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Michael Thomas is you know he's tied for their elite option. Um, with Alvin Kamara. So he's going to have the targets. This offense will be funneled through him. And we've seen it before with Taysom Hill. I mean, once again, we have seen it. <laughs> this is not a surprise. And Sean Payton's no dummy. He's built differently. He's in a great offense. This team, their identity are these playmakers. I think Michael Thomas is a slam dunk for top 10 for sure. But I think he has top six upside.
1: Yeah, I, I disagree. I think six is a little too high. I do believe Michael Thomas is still in his prime. I think that injury really sucked last year because he he had the number one overall potential. Uh, I just don't like the situation that he's at. He is the bona fide wide receiver one on this team. Traquan Smith is, is the wide receiver two, and I'm not worried about that for a second if I'm a Michael Thomas owner. Um, it's you know, almost the complete opposite as the Titans situation where there's nobody else on this team to throw to besides Michael Thomas. That's why I have him as a wide receiver one, but putting him at six is a little too high for me. So his best finish last year was the wide receiver 16. That was during week 11 with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Now those, those weeks that Taysom Hill put up quarterback one numbers week 11 through 14, Michael Thomas didn't, do as good as you would think he finished 16th best, 48th best, 20th best, 24th best. The only good thing is he racked up a crap ton of receptions. Uh he was averaging over 7 per game, over 9 targets per game and averaging 85 yards uh per game, which is really good. Now a improved Taysom Hill. Yeah, that that can boost Thomas's value. And I think that boosts him to about 10. I don't think, you can, you can go back to our quarterback episode, great episode, check it out, where we make a, a, an argument whether we're for Taysom Hill or against. You have Taysom Hill as what, he was your quarterback 12? And he wasn't even on my list. So I don't think I have any faith in Taysom Hill as a quarterback. He can't throw deep and once they figure out all he's going to do is throw slant routes to Michael Thomas all the time, the defenses are going to figure that out. Jameis Winston is not the quarterback that, that uh, I think that we remember from the, the Buccaneers days. He's not going to be risky and throw the ball a ton because that's not what Sean Payton is all about. He's about safe football. Michael Thomas is just, he's going to be a great receiver. He's going to be the guy, high targets, high volume, I thought top 10 was kind of bold. I thought that was as high as people are going to have him. Six is just too much for me. Saying that that he's going to do better than DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, players like that, I, I I just think that they have higher upside because I trust their offense more than I do the New Orleans Saints. So it's nothing against Michael Thomas necessarily. It's just against the situation that he's in. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be a great throwing quarterback. So that's why Michael Thomas is not in the higher list for the wide receiver once.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Um you know, and I just I think I believe more in in uh pff, totally blanking on his name. <laughs> uh Taysom Hill.
2: Um, Taysom Hill, yeah.
0: You know, I, I just I really think he's capable. And we've seen in 2019, when he helped step in for Drew Brees, we did see him produce uh, with Michael Thomas. Uh, that is more what I'm referencing rather than last season. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly see the criticism. Uh, I would just hate to be too low on what I consider to be a generational talent in Michael Thomas. So, Brendan, I, I think you're taking Andrew's argument here. Uh, I don't blame you, well, but uh, I... Oh. Yeah. This one, uh, this one's
2: actually a little bit tougher for me because I, um, I think I, I'm a little bit higher on Slant Boy than Andrew is, um, <laughs> but good name, good name. I, I stole it from Reddit, um, but it's rude. yeah, Sl- Slant Boy Michael Thomas. I'm a little bit higher on them than, than Andrew is, but I think I do. I think I am gonna have to side with Andrew's argument just because I am concerned about the situation, but. I do believe in the player a little bit more, but um, so I think as far as as argument goes, I'm going to go with Andrew, but I am a little bit higher on Michael Thomas's. I have him at, uh, I think I have him at eight for me, eight for wide receivers. So
1: about in the middle. Yep. Don't worry, Brian, Brendan will probably side with you on this next one. I'm on my own for this next one. I would hope so. Uh,
0: This next person, Andrew, you are entering the danger zone. You have CD lamb at number 15. And I don't have him in my top 20. Um, Mm -hmm. I can go first. Go for it. We haven't seen it. (laughs) You know, there's there's my first. You you know, we saw a couple games last season with Dak Prescott. With Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Blake Jarwin. A couple games last season, we saw it and it was glorious. There was a, a big pie for everybody. Uh, CD Lamb was good in those games. You know, he definitely showed his ability. I don't think he showed enough for me to take him top 20. Um, I don't think much has changed with this season. I think there is going to be a little bit of pushing Michael Gallup out and letting CD Lamb emerge. However, I just, I don't think that magic is going to strike twice. Love Dak Prescott. He was setting the world on fire the first couple games of this previous season. I don't think he's going to repeat that. You know, that doesn't happen Ooh. in the NFL. So I really don't think the Cowboys are going to be as dominant as they were at the beginning of last season. I think there are too many mouths to feed and it is more narrative based and stat based. Uh, But once again, it's the NFL. We can't have nice things. Nothing good lasts forever and is usually shorter (laughs) than anything. Um, And I would much rather invest in a a top tier player that I'm super confident in. Uh, For example, Andrew, may I ask, uh, where do you have Keenan Allen? So Keenan Allen, I have
1: at number 12.
0: Number 12. And, you know, when I look at that, there's a huge gap in talent, in my opinion, between CD Lamb oh, and Keenan Allen. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and that's kind of the caliber of player I think I can take around that 15 spot. So I think I can get a somebody I, I can count on producing at 15. And CD Lamb, that's a hope. Uh, that is a, I'm going to take a chance and see what happens. And I, I'm just not, I not as confident at the 15 spot. You need a game. Maker at that spot. You know, that's gonna be your wide receiver one in all likelihood. So, you know, I'm just looking at my ranks here. You know, when I'm looking at my top 15, you know, that's a Chris Godwin type player. That's Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper. You know, these are players we're talking about. So I I get it. I'm excited for CeeDee Lamb as well. However, I'm I'm gonna play it smart. I don't trust Mike McCarthy to be creative. Uh, and and I don't trust the Cowboys offense to to strike the way they did last season. So for those reasons, I'm out.
1: Got it. So uh, let's see. C.D. Lamb's ADP currently is the 408. Uh, and my strategy, I like to go running back, running back, then receiver, receiver. That's how I've been doing the most recent mock draft. So C.D. Lamb as a wide receiver, too, is a, absolutely amazing for me. And to have him as a wide receiver, too. In the 15th spot on my list Finishes the wide receiver 22 last season That was with 5 weeks of Dak Prescott, I think 2 weeks Of Andy Dalton and then a ton of Ben DiNucci A rookie finishing as a wide receiver 22 With Andy Dalton And Ben DiNucci for most of the season And with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup On that team fighting for these Targets, that is really good I'm obviously higher on CD land than most people are, but I truly believe he is going to be the breakout player this season. I'm glad I'm saying this on the record. I really believe he is going to be a higher end wide receiver too. Dak is coming back and Dak is going to be better than ever. I think he is going to play just as well as he did at the beginning of last season during the first five weeks when Dak played. CeeDee Lamb was on pace to have 93 receptions, almost 1,400 yards, and six TDs. That puts him around the sixth or seventh position from last season. Obviously, we know that there's going to be some bad weeks for CeeDee, some bad weeks for Dak. I have him at 15. I think that's a very, very fair spot when you take all these factors into account. I really like the point you made about Michael Gallup. They're going to push him out. CD Lamb is going to emerge as... Uh, he's really fighting for that number one spot against Amari Cooper. Now, I, I have more faith in Amari Cooper. I think Cooper's going to have more targets, more receptions. But when it comes to touchdowns, I think CD Lamb could beat out Cooper there. So, yeah, if, if CD Lamb is getting a you know, touchdown, I would say... If he's averaging point seven touchdowns a game, I'm thrilled with that. That'll put him as a wide receiver two, as a solid wide receiver two. So he finished as a wide receiver two last year. I think he can do it again. I think he's just going to take a little bit more of an improvement with a full, healthy DAC ready to go.
0: All right, Brendan, help me throw some. Some water onto this this fire of cowboys. Yeah, into you I didn't even you, bring up. I didn't even let's bring up the, the Cowboys' defense <blanket>. and <laughs> how bad it
1: is.
2: Yeah, throw the ball. All right, all the yeah. We, there, there you go. That's a that's a good one, Andrew. But yeah. anyways, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm siding with Brown. I just think that there's yeah, more there. There's just safer options that I can pick. Um, things that I could. Well, I guess not even safer, safer, but picks that I could be more confident in. Um, over C D Lamb and uh, where he's going. So. Um, Yeah,
0: I'll, uh, I'll start with Bryant on this one. There you go. I like it. All right. And the last player we are going to be cage matching over is somebody who I'm, I'm more excited about than you are. Kenny Galladay. I have him at number 17 and you do not even have him in your top 20. He's Um, close. So I'll let you disrespect Kenny Galladay in a little bit. Let me start with the reasons I love Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, you know, he's not the same vein of elite wide receivers as Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams, or Julio Jones, but he does have a lot of, you know, those elite traits you're looking for in a wide receiver. He is a fast mama-jama, and I I truly think he is one of the best contested catch players in the NFL. He reminds me of peak A.J. Green. You know, he has that kind of ability. His only issue has been health and his quarterback health <laughs> to this point. Uh, his curse is playing with the Lions. Uh, and now that he's with the Giants, I think that does give him a chance to make a pretty big difference. So I really do believe in his talent. I believe in his ability. Uh, and, and Andrew, I, I think I feel pretty confident. Do you believe in his his ability as a player? Is he an elite oh, wide receiver? I love him. Just talent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Love him. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Now the argument I have to make is why he could do anything as the wide receiver one for this Giants team. That's what uh, you got, it. yeah. Yeah, you know, there's some major concerns. You know, one, Daniel Jones, can he take that leap? You know, we're looking for that Josh Allen type leap. Uh, the main difference between Josh Allen two years ago and Josh Allen last year was one, he improved. So credit or credit is due, but he also got a wide receiver one. Uh, the Bills went out and got Stefan Diggs, and that proved to be all the difference in the world. You know, once he had the elite option, he went bananas. You know, and I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, but I am saying saying there's a chance this could be that connection part two. This could be the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs connection a year later. I don't think it's gonna go down exactly like that yeah, because crazy. Yeah. there's a guy called, you know, you all know him as Saquon. Saquad's Barkley. Yep, he is back he's a beast he will get the ball however they are going to lighten the load on Mr. Saquon Barkley we have seen him succumb to injuries so I think they realize they can't lean on him the same way the Panthers lean on Christian McCaffrey and in doing so you know they I think they're going to lighten his load and give more to the air and this is a make it make it or break it year for Daniel Jones he must know that They've given him all all the tools. It is put up or shut up time. Daniel Jones, you know, he's got a pretty nifty arm. Uh, He has to work on his accuracy, but he can fling it. We've seen it. He is a plus athlete, Uh, and and I think this offense is to the point where it can take that leap. I don't expect a Bills offensive explosion, but I think it could be three-fourths of that. I think it could be somewhere close. I think all of a sudden you can have you know the Giants be a legit team. So do I think they're going to be beasts? No, you know I don't think they're going to be top five offense, but I do think they're going to be around league average, if not better than that. Uh, and that should be enough for Kenny Galladay as the wide receiver one to to get enough to produce. You know I don't believe Tony will make an impact this year. Slayton does not scare me. Evan Ingram does not scare me. It's Kenny Galladay. So. I think he can make it happen. I'm all aboard the Kenny Galladay train. Opportunity is king. And I really think this is where he can make the difference. So give me Kenny Galladay.
1: All right. Well, we, we both agree that he's a top talent in terms of, uh, I guess, his ability and his build. but <laughs> Talent. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in terms of talent. Uh, when it comes down to the team he's on, that's, uh, to me, one of the worst situations that that he can be in. It, it's a, basically the Michael Thomas argument all over again. I have nothing against the guy. I have nothing against Galladay. I have him as a uh, very back-end wide receiver two. If I'm not mistaken, I have him in the 22nd spot. So just at the uh, the end of a wide receiver two range, just because I think that Daniel Jones is not going to take that step forward. I do not have confidence in him. I will give you this, though. Daniel Jones was actually the best deep ball passer last year, according to next gen stats, which is what Kenny Galladay is the best at. So there mm-hmm. is that potential there. He, I guess, his a completion percentage for deep attempts. He was 19 for 39, uh, threw for 636 yards on deep passes, uh, five to zero touchdown to interception rating, and almost a 50% completion rate. Kenny Galladay is only going to boost that. However, I do like other receivers around this area better. I like Cooper Cup. I like DJ Moore, who surprisingly isn't in our top 20, which is kind of unfortunate. Robert Woods is around that area. Tyler Lockett is in that area as well. These are players that I trust over Kenny Galladay that I think has just as high of an upside, if not more than Kenny Galladay this season. Tyler Lockett's being drafted later than Galladay. I like Lockett. I think he is a higher upside, even as a wide receiver too, just because he's done it before in the past. So, Galladay with Daniel Jones, no shot. Galladay with, I don't know, let's let's put him on the Packers. Yeah, or I guess I should just say Galladay with a better quarterback. If the Giants trade for Deshaun Watson, which isn't reported, uh, it's just a hypothetical. Then yeah, I would put Galladay as a top fifteen receiver, maybe even a, a top twelve. But I don't trust in Daniel Jones' ability. I, I just think the Giants' offense is is just gonna gonna struggle. Their o line isn't the best, and yeah, it's just it's gonna be a shame. Galladay's still gonna do good. He's gonna have weeks where he explodes, but I'm just I'm. Too nervous for Daniel Jones. I don't trust him. So that's what I got. Uh, nothing against Galladay. Everything against the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you wow, there. One, I think that is absolutely a team worth criticizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this argument. Good arguments. For the, both yeah, side. this
2: was a good argument, which which makes this a little bit tough for me to f- uh, figure out how to side with it. Because in the grand scheme of things, the the difference where you guys have a map, despite the uh, I guess great arguments on kind of the either extreme you guys really you have them five spots apart so he's still wide receiver two for both of you guys Mm -hmm. at 17 and 22 Um, but I think oh I I think I'm gonna uh, side with Andrew just because I'm I have concerns about this team Uh, but I am I, I I would have uh, I would have Kenny Galladay a little bit higher than, uh, than Andrew, but I think I just have to side with Andrews because of my concerns about this team and it it's nothing against Kenny Galladay. And you know, that's not the argument that we're making. So, um, I'll side with Andrew on this one and, um, hoping, hoping for the best for Kenny G only, though.
1: Only time can tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why we're doing this. We're going to look back at the end of the season and make fun of each other.
0: Andrew, here's so a, here's a quick comparison I want you to think about. You're a fan right. of Allen Robinson, correct? Love Alan Robinson, yeah. And he's got it done in crappy offenses. Yeah. I think Kenny Galladay can have a Allen Robinson type shine to him this season. Uh I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh but okay. man, that's so, crazy. You know, we had five arguments. You know. Did you win three of them? Sure.
1: Yeah, one one three, but who's keeping track? You know
0: who's keeping track. Uh, I look forward to revisiting this after the season. We have a lot of outstanding grievances to settle with each other uh, Mm -hmm. once it is. uh, Once the season's over and done with. So, everyone, thank you so much for choosing to listen to us. Uh, We look forward to bringing you the latest and the greatest for this upcoming fantasy football season. It is getting hot and heavy. We are getting ready for football. Preseason, baby. Preseason. Here we come. Everyone, thank you once again. If we can ask a small favor, please leave us a review or a rating on whatever platform it is you choose to listen to us on. It makes a huge difference, helps spread the word, and helps keep us going. So stay safe, and we will catch you next time.